Hi there, my name is Adam Waters, and I'm the lead pastor here at Grace Bible Church in Elmhurst, Illinois. I'm just so glad that you made the decision to take us along with you this week on life's journey. Here at Grace Bible Church, we are a family of faith who seeks forgiveness, healing, and hope in Jesus Christ. Now, we might all come from different backgrounds, but each of us recognize that the tremendous needs in our lives point us to one place, to God, for His answers, His provision, and mostly, for His grace. I hope the following program gives you a new perspective on who God is, who you are, and how you too might find forgiveness, healing, and hope in our Lord Jesus. Thanks for listening. So the children can head to Kingdom Kids. And then we have a special speaker this morning, our brother Okomu. I'll let him tell you his relationship with our pastor. And he came from Milwaukee, yep. but you came someplace else before that. Yep. Where's your home? Uganda. In Uganda. Yep. Came halfway around the world to minister to us today. Good morning. I'm so excited to be here with you this morning. It's been a long time coming, and I'm so happy to be here. It's an answer to prayer. My name is Okumu Yudatadeo, originally from Uganda, but I live in Wisconsin right now. That's where I serve the Lord at Eastbrook Church. I serve as a local missions pastor, city minister, manager. And it's a pleasure to join you in a fellowship this morning. It's been, uh, I've known Pastor Adam since 2015 when we're going to Moody together in one of our churches there at Moody. And we've been friends ever since. Um, one of the things that I'm going to talk about is how uh, I got connected to this church. And so you'll be looking out to that as I share my message this morning. But before I go any further, I just want to say I am married. I have a wife and four children. Uh, they sent you greetings. They are back in Wisconsin. They could not uh, come with us uh, for various reasons. But they are praying for us. They are, they are, they are going to be following the service later on. And so uh, they sent you greetings in the name of Jesus Christ. My wife is Harriet, and our children is uh, four. Uh, Jezreel, Jael, Joy, and Jesse, uh, ages 11, 9, 5, and 3. So they are praying for us and they are with us in the spirit. Yeah, this morning I'm going to share about a message that I've titled that we have been granted access to the trying God and his kingdom. And that, as believers is what we have attained in Christ. And so before I go any further, let me pray, and then we'll jump into our message this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, that Lord, you have brought us together through the blood of Christ. You have granted us access to yourself. You have granted us access to your kingdom. And Lord, as we reflect on the passages we have this morning, may you speak to each of us, 
King of glory, to know that we have access in you and to be able to extend this access to other people in our midst or beyond our borders, Lord. We pray this, that I pray that, Father, you uh, help me decrease, that you may increase, and may you take your place in our midst right now and speak to each of us at our various levels and points. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So, um, I want to do something that looks very trivial. But who has a key with themselves this morning? Or who has a fob with themselves this morning? A fob. <laughs> right? What do these items do? A key gives us access to a room. Or gives us access to a, uh, to a house or gives us an access to a door. If it is electronic, it's a fob, you can buzz into a house, and the door will open for you. They, the point is, they give, grant you entry into a space. And so, the message we are sharing is Ephesians chapter 2, verses 13 to 19. You can follow along in your Bibles. I'm reading from the Holman uh, uh, Bible, Christian Bible, and so... Uh, you may follow along with your uh, Bible versions um, that you have, NIV, NSB, and the rest. But this is what I have in my version. It says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were far away have been brought near by the blood of the Messiah. For he is our peace, who made uh, both groups one and tore down the dividing wall of hostility. In, this, in his flesh, he made no effect of the law, considering of commands and expressed in regulations, so that he might create in himself one new humanity uh, from two, resulting in peace. That God has created one new man out of two groups. Now, here is a text that Paul is writing primarily to the church at Ephesus, and he's addressing issues that any society would grapple with, issues of division, and it's primarily is addressing the, the, the division that existed between the Jews and the Gentiles who were coming to Christ. And so the Jews believed, and rightly so, they had the law, but the Gentiles did not have the law. The Jews believed they had the promises of God. The, the Gentiles did not have the promises of God. But in Christ, that system was set aside and was completed. Now, Christ did not abolish the law. He came to fulfill the law. The point is that he took down the dividing wall of hostility that was there. And so in, in that process, he created in himself one new man, resulting in peace. Now, these two groups can live in peace with one another, can live at peace with one another, without division, without looking and say, okay, for you, you are this, for you are that, for you are that, you come from here, we come from there. Uh, he created one new person uh, out of both groups, and that is uh, in the body of Christ. He did this so that he might reconcile both to God in one body through the cross and put the hostility to death by it. He went on the cross. He shed his blood to bring about peace. And when we are together, we can be at peace with one another. 
When the Messiah came, he proclaimed the good news of peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and, uh, and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household. This is a very packed text with a lot of things, and you can preach from it from different angles. But specifically today, we are focusing on this concept that God has granted us access. He has granted us access to himself through the blood of the Messiah. And because of that, that we have access, he is one through one spirit. We have peace in God. Through the Messiah, we have peace with God. That is uh, specifically verse 14. That is talking about what we have attained. You know, like when we come to, uh, to church, for example, I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Uh, but we come as people who have the same access. Like we have, we enter through the same door. You know, there are no different doors that you are entering. You are using the same key, and the key is the blood of Christ that we all both enter into uh, the presence of God and uh, the grace of God. And secondly, we also see that God tore down the dividing wall of hostility. In verses 3, 13 and 15, primarily I said primarily through the Jews, but by extension between us, you know, as believers, there is still division that goes on, whether politically or socially, whatever it is. There are all forms of divisions. But as believers, we should not have uh, foment those divisions. Because Christ has broken down those walls of hostility. We cannot live divided as a church, as a body, because that's not the goal of Christ. That's not the purpose why he came. He came that we may be one. And you remember in John chapter 17, he specifically prays that the church may be one, that his followers may be one, regardless of where they are coming from. So he took down the walls of hostility, and he's praying that we'll be one, why should we continue to be divided? Why should we continue to disagree on things that are not important, that do not expand the kingdom of God? Because we are one, and we should see each other as that, okay? No matter where we are coming from, no matter the background, we should see each other as one. One of the things that uh, most of you may be well familiar about is the, the story about the hostility that existed in Germany um, with the war of the Berlin War before it came down. There were different groups. One, one, on one side, there were people who had resources. They were doing well. On the other side, there were people who were suffering. And there was this barrier that like, they could not go through. But through various circumstances, the war came down, and the people who were over there uh, crossed and came this side, and they were celebrating. They were rejoicing. Finally, finally, we, we, we are no longer going to be divided by this war because now they had access. They could now uh, uh, do whatever they needed to do because the war was taken down. When we come to Christ, you know, that's what happens. We rejoice because we are no longer enslaved into our sins. We are now transformed into uh, the kingdom of God and we have access to God himself. We have access to God himself. So we rejoice because the, the body has been broken. We are no longer called uh, sinners. We are called the saints. 
Okay? Because God has done for us what we could not do. We could, we could not change our own name. You know, he changed our name. He changed our status. He changed our position through the blood of Christ. And talking about this point of access, you know, like some of you have traveled, or maybe are planning to travel, but there are countries where, where you will need what we call, or what's called a visa. What is a visa? It's a stamp in your passport. It grants you access to enter that particular country for a certain period of time. They say, okay, you can go study there. I came with a student visa to the United States. You can study there. You can work there. Or you can live there, depending on the status of, of the visa for that duration of time. But the point is that the visa grants you entry. And this is the word access in, uh, in Greek. It talks about the, uh, the concept is the word is uh, prosagogen, uh, which means admission, introduction, or entry into something. Christ has admitted us into the kingdom of God. He has ushered us into the kingdom of God. And he has ushered us into the presence of God through the blood that he shed on the cross. Through the cross. My second uh, point that if you are taking notes is through Christ we have access to God, uh, God is family, which is actually the church. The church. We have access to God's family, the church. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse uh, 7 to 12, he said, we, I was made a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace that was given to me by the working of his power. This grace was given to me, the list of all the saints, to proclaim to the Gentiles the incalculable riches of the Messiah and to shed light for all about the administration of the mystery hidden for ages in God, who created all things. This is so God's manifested wisdom may be now made known through the church to the rulers and authorities in the heavens. This is according to his eternal purposes accomplished in the Messiah Jesus Christ our Lord. In him we have boldness and confident access through faith in him. We have access to one another as believers, and that makes us a family. That makes us a family. So when we come, regardless, for me, I come from Uganda. When I first met uh, Pastor Adam, he said he invited me to Grace Bible Church, and he granted me access. I, I can come and visit at any time. But uh, besides that, Wherever you go, for example, when you say you are going from here, going to, uh, let's say you are going to China, or now Pastor Adam is in Bolivia, uh, or you are going to Rwanda, or you are going to Uganda, or you are going to, uh, let's say, South Korea. But wherever you go, you can ask, is there a church in this neighborhood? And I guarantee you, they will say, oh, there is a church over there. When you reach there and you find somebody, they will open the door. They will not chat you out. Because a church is a family of God and welcomes everyone, everywhere, where you go. Now, in other countries which, were, uh, which are locked in terms of people just having underground churches, you may ask and say, somebody will tell you, oh, we have churches that happen, but actually they are underground. So they will kind of net connect you to the networks in one way or form, but still you have access to the family of God. So it's not restricted. And so we are a family, and one of the things that we do is that as a family, we get to 
fellowship together. We get to pray together. We get to, later we are going to do communion, holy communion, as a demonstration that we are a family. We get to sit on the same table because God has made us one. No, we are not saying, oh, for you, you have to sit over there. You have to sit over here. Oh, you guys need to sit over there. No, at the table of God, we are all welcome because we all approach, we have the same access to the throne of grace. And so we can pray for one another. We can work with one another. We can support each other in that way. We are no longer foreigners and strangers in the kingdom of God because in the household of God is children of God. God's presence lives there. The rest, we are his servants. We are the same. Same level, you remember in Galatians uh, uh, 3, uh, 28, something like that says, there is no Jew, Gentile, Greek, or, uh, or Hebrew, or slave, or free, rich, or poor. We are all one, okay? We have the same access. God is seeing, uh, seeing each of us, regardless of our status, through the same lens of his mercy, his mercy, his mercy. Not our earning, not our status, not our reputation, not our resume. No, through his mercy that we are. And so we are no longer foreigners or strangers. That's why you can welcome anybody from another country and say, brother, come, sister, come. We are one body. And because of that, uh, the body of Christ has keys to the kingdom. You remember uh, Jesus is having a conversation with with the, uh, Peter in Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 to 19, uh, when Peter confesses that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. And, and, and Jesus says, you are Peter on this rock, I'll build my church and the, uh, the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. And I'll give you the keys of the kingdom that whatever you Bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth will be lost in heaven. He gave the church the keys of the kingdom. The church is the body of Christ. And sometimes we, we forget that, oh, we need another key. No, he already gave the church the keys of the kingdom. We as a body, we have access to God himself. And we have access to one another. We are no longer people who are outside. We are the people who are the, in, in the, who are the insiders now. You know, if you want to talk of elite language, there are those who are outsiders, there are those who are insiders. Now we have the privilege of being insiders, you know, because God, through his mercy, has granted us access to that. Um, my third point, if you are taking notes, is because God has granted us access to himself and he has granted us access to one another, this access gives us the boldness or grants us the confidence to facilitate kingdom access for others who may be far off. This you can read through Titus chapter 2, verse 11 to 14, talks about the grace of God that brings salvation to all people has appeared, I mean, brings salvation has appeared to all people and teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly lust and everything that's not godly but also to look forward to the glorious appearing of our great God who has given himself for us, you know, has given himself for us and created in us to be his own possession, a people zealous for his, uh, I mean, to do good works, zealous to do 
good works. And you remember Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that God created uh, beforehand that we should walk in them. We're created in Christ Jesus for good works. Now you say, oh, oh, we're created during creation. Yes, but there is a concept as a believers that we are people who have been born again. That is the creation Paul is talking about. In Christ Jesus, we have been born again. For what? To do good work for the kingdom. To do kingdom work. To do kingdom work. We have been recreated. Uh, other people use the language, you have been reformed. Or we have been transformed into heavenly uh, messengers. And so we can do good locally here. We can do good globally here. For this grace is not limited to one church, is not limited to one individual, is not limited to those who are educated, is not limited to those who are not educated. It's not limited to the people who have the money and those who don't have. It's available to all. We are all messengers of God's grace. Because in him, we all have been redeemed and have, uh, he gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness. Now we are people who are redeemed. Do you ever see yourself as a redeemed person or do you see yourself as a perpetual sinner? Redeemed. Amen? That's what the position is for us in Christ. People walk around, they look themselves and say, for me, I'm a perpetual sinner. But that's not what the scriptures say. Now, do we struggle with sin? Yes. But actually, our position is different. We are the redeemed of the Lord because the blood of Jesus wipes out all our sin. The blood of Jesus doesn't leave any other thing. We are the redeemed of the Lord. Now, this is not trying to stretch the scriptures. That's what the scriptures say. We are the redeemed of the Lord. And you can choose to believe that or you can choose to ignore that. But if you follow what you say, God has done for me what I could not do. I could not redeem myself. I could not save myself, you know. And that's what he has done for us. So we can rejoice in that, that God has done for us. Because he has redeemed us for himself. Amen? And we can rejoice in the goodness of God. We can rejoice in the goodness of God. He has redeemed us. He has done for us things. And so, as we come together as a church, knowing that we have access to God, we have access to one another, we need to be people who are zealous to take, extend this access to other people. And so, locally, what can we do? You can think of many things. And I know a number of, uh, most of you are doing things in various ways, praise God. But locally, you can be uh, involved in outreach. You can invite a stranger. You can invite somebody to your household. Talk to your neighbor. Reach out to them and say, hey, let's uh, grab coffee or come for dinner. Find opportunities to connect with people who don't know God. And also find opportunities to connect with people who know God because we need to keep the fire burning and through encouraging one another, building up each other, encouraging. You can visit uh, like a nursing home. Go minister to them. Go visit a prison 
Uh, go visit uh, people who are in different uh, circumstances. Help out the children who may be uh, homeless or something like that. Find opportunities. Uh, Henry Blackbeard said we should be praying that God will open our eyes to see where he's working, that we should join him. That's the same concept that God created the work beforehand that we walk in it. And so we pray, Lord, open my eyes. Where do you want to use me? Where do you want to have me uh, be of, uh, of impact in your kingdom? Here locally, in my neighborhood, in my town, in my city, you are constantly saying, Lord, I am available. Lord, I'm available. Where do you want to use me? And also you can, uh, uh, you can participate in this uh, also globally. You can participate in this uh, globally because we have been created in uh, Christ Jesus for good works. We ought to be zealous for good works here locally, okay? You can welcome refugees. You can welcome strangers. You can minister in different capacities. Or people at work, you say, I'm, I want to be, uh, grant access to my co-workers. Are you intentional about sharing the love of Christ? In strategic ways, so you are... You are you are also being, of course, conscious about uh, the dynamics you are working with, but you are, in your mind, you are very intentional. You want to make these people have access to the kingdom of God through your life, through your presence, through your uh, experiences. We ought to be zealous for uh, good works as well as uh, globally. And so I know Grace Bible Church supports a, a number of missionaries around the world you are already showing the zealousness of, of being good. You are, being enthused, uh, you are showing enthusiasm for global missions. Keep, keep doing that. Keep encouraging more people to go for missions. Okay? You can do, lo yes, missions locally. You can also do missions uh, globally. You can participate in short-term mission trips. It is good for people to go share the gospel in other places to make sure that other people also have the same access that we have been given. Short-term mission trips. You can encourage church planting movements. You can support organizations that are doing that. You can be involved in training pastors and ministry leaders around the globe. You can provide high-quality education for children in developing countries. You can start and maintain social enterprises and Christian businesses that provide uh, dignifying jobs uh, for people in the global south. You can provide education and training for teachers to help them improve their standard of training. You can build schools in, in, the, uh, in the poor countries where there are no schools or access to uh, high, uh, good schools. And there's a lot, a lot more you can do. My list here is just very short and narrow. But there is, when you say, Lord, where do you want me to? to be of impact? Where do you want to apply my resources? I'm very sure that he will be very happy to say, here, my son, here, my daughter, go here and say, Lord, I'm go, I'm, I will go. But go on a mission trip. Get involved in extending access to other people who do not know the gospel. And I'm sure God will bless you. One of the things that I want to say as I get close my sharing this morning is that I want to share about how somebody demonstrated this. I'm a product of the Compassion Child Sponsorship Program. I was sponsored as a child in Uganda, in my village in Butema, 
by somebody who chose my name and said, I will, change this, I will help change this person's life. And I'm now here sharing the gospel. I was introduced to the gospel primarily through the ministry of compassion. And you can change somebody's life. God has granted me opportunity because somebody chose to believe in me and said, I'm going to walk with that child. And you can change another person's life. You can make an impact to somebody's life. So ask the Lord, where do you want me to, to go? You can participate in global mission. But also there are numerous opportunities locally here. So don't only think about, um, I'm just giving you uh, option that there are many things that you can do. I, I like this, and somebody, somebody say, oh, now for me, this is a lot of things. Where do I start from? This is overwhelming. But William Carey, one of the greatest missionaries, said, expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. Believe God to do extraordinary things. That's uh, what we can do. But, you know, this is not out of self-power, self-willpower. So I'm going to do that. I'm going. No, 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 no. The truth is that that power is already available because we have access to God. You know what happens when we become believers? Is that God gives us the Holy Spirit. Where does he? In the days of old, the Holy Spirit will come upon people for a specific season and for a specific purpose and for a specific period of time. But in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit comes and indwells us. And he says he never leaves. Paul writes in Romans and says, the Holy Spirit, the power that rose Jesus from the dead is in you. Can you believe that? The Holy Spirit, who rose Jesus from the dead, is in you. Do you live like he's in you? Do you believe every day that he lives in you with that same power? Do you? Then if you believe, then you will be a person who is given to attempting great things for God because he's moving, he's working. And now it may not say, okay, go say I'm going to build one house for... No, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is that when you believe that he is able to do extraordinary things from you, you'll be on the, on the move. You'll be active. You'll be involved because you believe that he is in you and he's the one working through you. It's not your own strength. He lives in you. And that's uh, what uh, Paul writes also in Ephesians uh, 3.20, and this is uh, towards the close, is that now to him who is able to, to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that's at work in us. Wow. Pause there. The power is, is at work where? In you. That power is at work in you, and if you believe that is at work in you, then he's able to do above and beyond what you can ask or imagine. If you don't believe that that power is at work in you, then you will not believe that he's able to do what, what is beyond what you can imagine. But if you believe, take him at his word and say, Lord, I believe that you are at work in me. I want you to use me in extraordinary ways. 
I want you to use me to make a strategic impact in my family, among my relatives, among my co-workers, among my community. I want to see something different. I want to let my life make an impact. He is faithful. He's looking for people who say, I am here, Lord. Use me. He's looking for people who say, I'm going to go. Regardless, I'm going to go. I'm going to put my life on the line for the kingdom. Because he has given you access. You remember when he, he gave the great commission in Matthew uh, 18. No, 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 Matthew 28, 18 to 20. He said, go. No, he said, all authority has been given to me from in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go. If he has given us authority, he, has, he said, go in my authority. Like, you can say, I have the backing of the whole heavenly host behind me. The church has the keys to the kingdom. We can extend this key to other people. We can extend the access to other people. And God will be glorified through our lives. So, as we conclude, just I want to summarize a few things. That since we have access to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, let us run to him in prayer. Let us pray and ask, Lord, I want to continue this access. Let there not be a barrier between me and you. Let the relationship, your relationship thrive between you and God. Secondly, since we have access to one Father and one another, let us welcome and encourage and build up one another daily. And since we have access to God and his power, let us daily seek to live as empowered people to find opportunities to enable others to access God as well. Let us pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. Thank you for this opportunity that, Lord, you have given us, that you have given us access to yourself. You have given us access to one another as a family of God, that we can sit together, we can commune, we can fellowship with you and with one another. And now, Lord, you call us to be people who are zealous, to do good, because your grace is available to all. Help us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. Pastor Adam here. Well, I want to thank you for tuning in to Grace Bible Church, and I would love to hear what you thought of today's program or of ways that we can be praying for you and with you. So check us out on social media at GBCL. Also, if you would like to support our ministry, you can give securely at our website at www.gbclm.org. Now remember, God loves you, and so do we.